Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, going to look back on a uh, victorious effort over Northern Illinois. A pretty, pretty solid performance overall. Not necessarily, uh, you know, we'll have a, a nothing but rose uh, rose filled conversation as far as the level of play, but also don't want to uh, lose the fact that. That was a, a very nice uh, win over a, a decent uh, team, and I don't know that we'll be able to say that all too often this year, but uh, a nice little turnaround certainly devo- avoided a, a real disastrous start, and uh, just look forward to getting your thoughts and kind of trying to assess the individual parts of the team, where they sit after four games, and who's kind of emerging in a positive manner, and who maybe is uh, yet to perform at a level that uh, could have otherwise reasonably been expected prior to the year. Uh, so before we jump into this, as always, I want to thank our friends in New Liberia. Uh, fantastic product that is uh, the Louisiana hot sauce that has come to become uh, so synonymous with our podcast. Uh, fantastic partners, and uh, thank you as always to our listener base, uh, whether it be getting up Saturday morning, making yourself a breakfast, and tagging them on social media or anything else that you can do to uh, support our partnership with Louisiana. It's always appreciated, and they've uh, certainly been instrumental in us uh, evolving the product into uh, something that we've kind of strove for over or, or uh, strided for over eight or nine years now. So with that, we'll jump into a little uh, look back at Northern Illinois and try to stake t- uh, take stock as to where the team is a quarter through the season. Yeah, man. Uh, so they are two and two. On the year, got their first FBS win. Always good to beat uh, teams that are in in the league that that, that you're in, or or at least in, in the the division of play um, that you're in. I, you know, I saw a lot of stuff I liked in this game. Um, you know, I know you and I had both been seeing things that we liked uh, from prior games too, and obviously some things that that we didn't like. Um, you know, I just want to remind people, we like you said. We, we try to evaluate the play and talk about the play, win or lose. And that doesn't mean that if you win, everything's going everything's to be positive. It doesn't mean if, if you lose, everything's going to be negative. It's, look, you just evaluate the good and the bad. Um, we'll probably go a little more traditional format tonight, talk about uh, uh, some things we saw from each position group and, and have a couple of major takeaways at the end. How's that sound? Let's do it. Absolutely. So on the offensive side of the ball, uh, 5.3 yards of play is, again, a lot better um, than Iowa did against NIU, and it's also better than Utah did against NIU. Uh, success rate of 43%. Again, uh, that's a stat we'll be using more and more. Success rate's a really important stat. It, it measures sort of your consistency on offense, right? Yards of play is somewhat of an efficiency measure, but it also talk, you know, it also speaks to explosiveness. Success rate is, is just your down-to-down consistency. Uh, 43%, Ingram, I'm happy to tell you, is a market improvement for Florida State this year. Before, I think they had had like low 30s and mid-20s, uh, which is horrible uh, <laughs> earlier in the year. So now having a 43% on the board uh, is A, really good for Florida State regardless of opponent, and B, uh, by far the most that, that North Illinois has given up this year too. So I was extremely excited to see that. Step in the right direction, yeah. And I tell you, there's times where that 20% success rate felt more like 12 or, or maybe even in the single digits. Uh, so uh, good to see them moving in the right direction. Like I said, a uh, couple different players beginning to emerge. Um, guys that, you know, you knew the talent was there, but uh, it's just starting to come out. And whether that's more comfort in the system, whether that's uh, a better understanding of what's being asked of them, uh, whatever it may be, I'm not – you know that's that's not really uh, all that important. What what is important is that there are some some positive strides being made, and, and certainly a lot a lot of uh, improvement still out there to be made. I'm not trying to say that everything's perfect, and this team's about to go on a you know six or seven game run, but uh, uh, a nice nice progression. And, and look, uh, DeAndre Francois is a, is a player that at times I find to be very very frustrating, but uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to him to not note that uh, uh, this wasn't a perfect performance, but there's there's aspects of the game in his game that are are moving in the right direction, and uh, uh, you know he 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 maybe took what was there in a in a manner that we hadn't otherwise seen in, in some of the first games. Yeah, man, he, he really did. I, I thought the the best thing that he did was was throwing the ball. Right, I, I thought his throws for the most part were pretty on target. Um, you know, even the the one interception that he threw, 
I thought for the most part, the reason why it was thrown uh, was that he was rushing it because the the exchange with the running back was kind of bobbled, right? And it allowed the backer to get back in, in, into the passing lane. And I think if Francois had, had a half second more, I know he sometimes struggles with touch, but I, I do believe that he could have lofted the ball over the backer's head uh, had the exchange not been kind of uh, – you know, botched a little bit. If you slow down the replay, you can clearly see him kind of losing the grip on the ball and having to try and regain it and flip it out quickly. Uh, but he had a lot of a lot of deep throws that were on target. And, and last week we noted how Florida State was one of the worst deep passing teams in the nation, which, hey, man, there was a lot of stuff that we were noting that Florida State was, was one of the worst at on the opposite side of the ball. And that's not all fixed, but it was encouraging to see a couple nice deep shots. I mean, he had a couple nice balls deep uh, to, uh, to Keith Gavin. He had a nice, really nice one to to uh, Tamari and Terry, who took it for 75 yards. Um, and you're right, he also took some of the short stuff. I, I think early in the game, Florida State did want to focus on on getting getting started quickly, and I think they wanted to take some of those short throws uh, that are available sometimes if the defense is going to sit there and play kind of a softer cover three on the outside uh, while stacking the box, right? You know, if m- most teams are not going to stack the box and play press at the same time, it, it's just, there's too much speed at, at FSU to do that. And so some teams are going to give you the short underneath throws. And as a result, uh, Florida State needs to keep taking those throws. I think that, that there's even a greater opportunity here to have maybe a check with me on the sideline at times when you're not going tempo so that if, if the coaching staff can see that's how they're playing, uh, you know, if you're not in the tempo phase, uh, to to check with me and 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 say, hey, you know, like just ha- have a, have a, have a check, all hitch, right? Everybody runs a hitch, take four or five yards, move on. Um, and if you do that more, you may get stuff loosened up for other parts of the offense. But I thought he did that fairly well in the first half. Um, you know, and then on the stuff that he didn't do well. Clearly, I, he doesn't really feel like running the ball, I don't think, uh, or, or doesn't feel comfortable doing it. Maybe that's a result of the knee injury. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe he doesn't see himself as a runner, but uh, doesn't really want to take off and run with the ball much. I know he did a little bit, could certainly do afford to do it more. Um, and, and he's still very uh, – he's not real adept at a lot of the read game. Um, and, look, I think he made some improvements there, but – I'll be honest, I, I don't think he's making the improvements there at the speed that I thought he probably would. And I don't know if that's on him, coaching, or both. Uh, but, you know, part of that anger, I think, is you, know, you almost never see him keep the ball on these zone reads. And defenses certainly are playing playing him not to keep it. And not all of these are zone reads. I know for a fact that some of these are called runs, uh, you know, with just, just a called handoff. But some of them are reads that he's missing. And within that, you know, part of it, man, is he really – he doesn't leave the ball – in the belly of the running back long enough to influence the defensive end and and see or, or or the linebacker, whichever player they're reading, to really see what what that what that defender that read defender is going to do. The handoff is or or, or the pull on the rare you know, time it happens is so quick that that I don't know how in the world you're reading anything because it's only it, the ball is only only in the back's belly for what a fraction of a second. It's it's so quick. He really needs to keep the ball in there longer. Um, and yet I can understand him not wanting to do that because of, of how the, the offensive line blocking has gone at times this year. Well, that's a sign of somebody that's that's not really making a read, just more going through the motions. I, I thought he might have been a little bit better at the read than than uh, maybe you're giving him credit for, but you've also seen this game. Uh, I've seen it twice. So I think you said you've, you've gotten to watch it three times now, so uh, you may have a little bit better understanding. I, I think the – the throw that he hit to Gavin with about what six minutes left in the second quarter or something. If, if that's and and that's a, a beautiful throw, it is. It's as good of a ball as he's thrown, and that's a uh, if that's a piece of the offense that they can get timing with and they can get comfortable uh, working together, then that that can help a lot with uh, some of the things that have plagued this offense and and uh, make defenders respect uh, you know just make defenders respect more of the field and and uh, respect one of the better better physically gifted pieces that you have in this offense. So um, the interception was wildly frustrating. I thought he missed, you know, missed that throw by about 15 yards or so. But uh, the exchange is, is certainly going to uh, influence that. And uh, on the whole, like I said, not a, not a perfect effort by, by any means, but uh, 
you know, maybe maybe some steps taken, maybe not as as many steps taken in the right direction, but uh, by far the best performance that we've seen out of him so far this year. Yeah, especially the the deep ball, like you said, man, because that was something that that for, so far this year, Florida State had not made defenses pay with the deep ball, and and in this game, uh, they did, especially on, on some of the play action stuff, thanks to the commitment to the run game that they had in the second and third quarters. They, they finally get a couple play action deep shots to pay off. And, and they, they had, I think, three 30-yard uh, passes and then obviously the, the 78-yarder. That That's what you want. Uh, that you want to create explosive plays. That's what this offense wants to do. Uh, and it endeavors to do that via, via a lot of play action off the, off the run game and also via pace, which we saw them use a little bit better in the first half. There were times they were snapping the ball with, with 34, 33 seconds on the clock. So I, I definitely liked what I saw there. Um, you know, and then uh, from the from the running backs, I actually didn't think the running backs were, were bad. A lot of people, uh, you know, I think were kind of down on the run game. Hey, why do we keep running the ball? It's not it's not working. Mm. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't disagree that it wasn't doing great, but I will tell you this: it was keeping you out of second and ten, you know, third and nine type situations. Right? They had more manageable third downs in this game solely because. Or not solely because, but but you know, in large part, because they were able to to get two yards on first down and then three yards on second down. They had a lot of third and five type situations. You know, if you look at the running backs, they went forty five carries for one hundred and forty seven. Now look, that's like three point two a carry. That's not good, but it's it's a much more informed look at what they did as opposed to just looking at the team rushing stats, which include a negative twenty yard carry because of a bad snap, and then also a negative, I think, nine-yard carry in there uh, from a, a, a fumbled exchange uh, slash snap issue in the backfield. You know, at 45 carries for your running backs, that's a real commitment to the run. How much of that uh, do you think, and, and Lord knows at no part did I think that uh, Bello was going to be a linchpin of our offensive line coming into the year, but – uh, how much of that it was more byproduct of, uh, let's face it, you've just got a kid out there who's either not comfortable playing football. I, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I don't think it's anything like that with Williams, but it's just not coming together uh, for whatever reason. So uh, as soon as that happens, that that pretty much changed our, our outlook and, and what we wanted to do uh, offensively. And, um, you know, you, you unfortunately with a strip sap, you, you saw some of the – some of the dangers that that go into and and it wasn't Williams man that caused that but just uh more vulnerability across the line in general when when that kid's in there and there's uh there's a lot more risk to be had when you're when you're dropping back particularly with a uh a dangerous offensive line that's that's made even more risky with with some of the personnel that found itself in uh, making its way into the game well i i think that's that's certainly a thing um they know that passing the ball is riskier, obviously, because you can you can get you can get stripped. And um, they look they want to be a running offense, right? They're trying to evolve the identity of this team into a physical running offense. Do they have the perfect personnel to do that this year? No, they don't really have the personnel to do a whole lot, to be honest. So you know, it's not like there's something that, that's ideal this team could do necessarily. But uh, and I know we'll talk about this more when we get to the the, the offensive line section in a minute, but. Uh, yeah, they they only had 3.2 yards of play when Williams was in there. That 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 just doesn't work, and that wasn't all on Williams. But I mean, he has two false starts in the span, or they they, they false start twice in in the span of 13 plays that he's in, and they have 3.2 yards on plays they actually are able to run. That that's just that's not going to work as an average. I mean, you think about what their average was without him in there. It's probably more in the five, 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 six range. So you know, that's that's real different. The one thing I will note about the the running game, though, it was the lack of explosive runs. You know, they only they had one yard or one run for eleven, one run for sixteen, and I I put that a, a decent bit on on the guards. Uh, which, which on, you know, what, maybe we'll just swap this up. Maybe we'll just go talk O line before we talk uh, receivers. You know. Um, Bello, I thought, did better. Brady Scott, first-time starter, came in there, and I thought he was okay. He didn't dominate. 
I don't know what his grade was. You know, I, I assume it wasn't out of this world, but for the most part, he didn't get embarrassed. You know, there was one series where, where it was pretty rough. Uh, in fact, if you look at it on the uh, the, the the play where, where Francois gets sacked, obviously uh, Scott get, Brady gets gets smoked. But on the previous play, the, the reason why Florida State had to pass there, he actually misses his on the double. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to climb off and and get the defender that ultimately causes Cam Akers to try and bounce the play and take a loss of like four yards. So, you know, that was a pretty bad series for him. But other than that, I didn't think he was terrible. Now, they will play better D-lines than Northern Illinois. Um, and there will be games where he'll look bad. There will be games where Bellow looks like he just can't hang. And you just got to you know, tell yourself, hey, this is the best options they got right now, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, man, Williams right now is not a player you can put into the game, really. I, I don't know what's going on there but between the ears, but uh, but it, it's it's not working. In addition, I thought Mike Arnold had had kind of a uh, – not a great game, to be honest. Um you know, looking at that, he – I thought he was pretty slow out of his stance when he was pulling. Um, I'm not saying it was low effort, but it, it just seemed like he was maybe n- not aggressive enough to it. And they ended up pulling him for a little while and putting in Arthur Williams. And I thought Arthur Williams – look, he clearly doesn't know what he's doing on some plays, right? He just – He's He's got a motor, though. Yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I, I do. I like what you get out of that kid, and I – it's not, uh, you know, you can tell he's a first-year player at a new position, and he's a first-month player. He's, yeah, and he's still exceptionally raw. He's, he's kind of raw as a football player in general, despite his time in the program. But I don't doubt that that kid's going to do everything he can to be successful in every play that he's in the game. And you know, maybe maybe there's a little bit more to work with there than than we first realized. I think that's possible. Uh, you know, you, you hope that his comfort level continues to improve. Um, you know, th- throughout the day, or excuse me, th- throughout the season. But I, I liked what I saw from that. Um, there, you know, there's still some issues. These guys need to get off double team, get off double teams, and get to the second level. But it also helped. They were just more talented players, better players who could secure their double team first before they climb. You know, because you don't want to be climbing to the second level without having the the, the double actually secured uh, and, and overtake your man, because then you're going to have the, the first level defender into the backfield. Um, Everly, I did not think had a very good game with some of the blocks he missed, but also in the third quarter, some of those snaps were really bad. I, I don't know what the deal was there. It, I don't think they were bad really in the first quarter, and I don't think they were really bad uh, in in a lot of the fourth quarter. But in the third quarter, and maybe a couple in the second quarter, he really w- was sailing a lot of them high, at I think one or two low, and it was uh, it was also causing some some timing issues in the run game. It's the uh, the one that he air mills. That's in the second quarter to set up the fifty yard field goal. Yes. Is that right? Or yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was right so before halftime. That's obviously the one that's going to stand out the most. Uh, but still some still some work to be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a work in progress for the for the center, and you know that's just kind of kind of you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, so on the whole. Um, with with what they have up front uh, in mind, I I didn't think the offensive line was great. I think it's still uh, the the massive area of concern that we've talked about all year. But uh, I could have foreseen worse results on Saturday. I'll, I'll put it that way from from what they ultimately gave us. So um, hopefully hopefully that's something that unit can build upon and and maybe uh, reach some level of consistency as we approach uh, the part of the schedule where they're going to face a uh, dramatic jump in competition here. Yeah. Uh, if I told you that I now feel uh, more confident that the offensive line will not get completely demolished by Louisville, Wake Forest, and Boston College, would you agree with that? Um, I'm not sure. No, I, I'm not sure. I would agree with that. I would love to say yes, but uh, a little hesitant about BC. Uh, it's maybe Louisville isn't great, but I don't love some of the aspects of, of matchups there either. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm not feeling that great about this weekend. The Nolcast also brought to you by Madison Social and the Four of the Table Restaurant Group. Ingram every Thursday at Madison. Check this out. 
you can get the social agreement. Social agreement, 40 bucks, two people, one order of wings to share, two bourbons, two Madison socials, social ales rather. So that's two bourbons and two beers and two Madison social burgers, all 40 bucks total. That's a heck of a lunch, man. I'm, I'm all about that. So get on that Madison social right there in the heart of College Town in the shadow of Dill Campbell Stadium for that great deal. Oh, it's fantastic. If you've got something you've been working on all week and maybe trying to trying to celebrate Thursday, getting getting a deal done or just an uh, opportunity to catch up with a friend, that's uh, that's a that's a hell of a way to share a uh, uh, share an experience or or share a Thursday afternoon. So that's a, a fantastic pairing and people that we're fortunate to work with and look forward to uh, working with more in the future. Okay, uh, so let's talk receivers a little bit because I, I do think there's some exciting stuff to, with several receivers and maybe some not super exciting stuff about one of the receivers. Yeah, one just continues to uh, play to the back of his baseball card. But uh, Keith Gavin, man, uh, that that is a, a level of positivity that we can talk about authentically and not have to uh, pump hyperbole. You know, I, I don't want to uh, – get out over my skis here but it it looks like the light's coming on for Keith a little bit and he's becoming slightly more consistent I the play that I referenced a couple minutes ago I think kind of helped to to get him moving in the right direction but he's he's uh slowly but surely becoming a you know the 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 prospect that that people maybe had in mind again a long long way to go uh to the finished product but you do see some some level of improvement from 89 you you do uh I I I think some of it's just confidence, man. You know, like understanding, hey, I'm big and faster than most guys my size, and I, I can do this. I, I can play the game. And, you know, credit to Dave Kelly for, for getting him to believe in himself. Because the first couple of games, when, when he dropped a pass, that was it. It was shutdown mode. He was done for the night, really. Uh, and and I, I liked his bounce back in this game. Um, I mean, clearly had his way with the North Illinois defenders and, and emerging as a uh, – I'm not gonna say a superstar or anything, but emerging as a solid player on the outside. Um, and on the other side, there's another guy who I feel like every time I throw the ball to him is almost a touchdown. Terry is uh it's not entirely as advertised, I would say, and and not that's not a fair thing to say. Maybe the the idea of what people had coming out the spring game for him hasn't fully come to fruition. Uh but but you definitely see the physical tools there and, and you see the uh you know the unique talent that that kid is, and I'm just glad to see him hit uh, hit that home run ball, and uh, hopefully that'll you know give him and the quarterback a little more confidence, a little bit better timing, and uh, would wouldn't shock me if that's not the last time we see that guy, you know, make a, a make a 75 yard plus house call. I would much rather that, that Francois forced the ball to number 15 than to number eight. By the way, like good things really mm. seem to happen when when that happens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like what I'm seeing from, from Terry a whole lot. Uh, also, a, a thing this week that we saw continued use of, and we're going to see a lot more of it, by the way. So if y'all don't like this, oof. Uh, more use of the jet motion. This is something we saw at Oregon. Uh, we have not seen it a ton yet from Florida State, uh, but they use a lot of jet motion in this offense. We also saw it at USF. I, I think you'll continue to see it. And one guy who I really like running the jet is, is a, a true freshman who we really talked up in the preseason. Force it to eight. Force it to eighty-eight. Uh, that kid's got to get the ball in his hands more. I mean that that is a that's a different level athlete, and uh, that's that's a whole lot of excitement uh, when he gets the ball. And I would fully expect him to be a larger and larger piece of the offense as as we move into the uh, as we move into the second and. Uh, uh, well, the the remaining kind of seventy five percent of the schedule here. I agree with you, man. Just just like you said, different. He is a different athlete. He really looks, uh, he really looks good, man. Uh, and and just making guys miss, being physical, being being very like sudden and explosive. The, the first step quickness on him is real nice, uh, and, and I think you'll continue to see him play more and more. Um, my other real positive from this group was Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty is playing this game with a tremendous amount of effort. He's not always playing it great, but I think he had a lot of good plays in this game. Obviously, he had the one drop there, which was bad, but uh, uh, the blocking from Trey McKitty. Talk about buy-in. Talk about what we don't get from some of these receivers. Trey McKitty at tight end 
really blocked well a whole lot. I think some people were crediting the better blocking this week with using more two tight end sets. Uh, I, I don't agree. I, I don't know that the other tight end was actually that great, but Trey McKitty blocked his butt off. And I think that was the majority of, of the change that you saw up front. A lot of times he, he put his guy on the ground or, or moved him out of the way significantly to, to create a hole. And, uh, and I thought he ran his routes with pretty good effort as well. I mean, just obviously had to catch the ball uh, and then be, be a guy who catches tough balls in traffic. But overall, a nice game from him. Um, Need to clean up the fumble. Yeah, uh, oh, that's right. Again, yeah, the fumble. as well. Uh, and and if you haven't uh, seen it, he has like a a quote unquote highlight block or whatever you want to say uh, on either the second or the first or second time uh, Harrison touches the ball on the on the little jet motion. It's uh, it's something to go back and watch. He he puts uh, puts the defensive end. Uh, you know, one of those plays that makes you makes you really question whether or not you want to play football anymore. So. Uh, a, uh, a rather impactful block, and he was good on the day, but that is is something that's going to stand out if you go back and rewatch the game. Absolutely. And then, you know, Nyquan Murray, uh, obviously, uh, you even saw Francois yell at him, right? And we know that they're they're super tight, and uh, him not having the awareness on, on, on that one RPO uh, where, where Francois is rolling out to the left was uh, was just – I think that was kind of that was kind of it, you know. And then, then he, he wasn't on the field for the next play, you know. Um, I, I think he's still a good player, but I don't know that he's a guy that they need to put up with with that kind of stuff from because I don't know if his top end justifies it. Um, you know, he did make a really nice contested catch down the field, and uh, you know, I, I'm not saying he needs to sit. I am saying I'd be interested in seeing this offense if he wasn't on the field quite as much, you know, because I think it forces. DeAndre to look at other players a little bit more. Yep. I um I've never been a huge fan of Nooney, but man, I, I'm it's just uh it's real frustrating. I mean there's a play uh there's a play in the second quarter where I'm pretty sure he either lines up on the wrong side or more likely is supposed to go in motion and just is kind of oblivious to it. And then he does come in motion and and uh after Francois reads the defensive end correctly, which is a uh, not a rarity, but not something that's assured. Um, I don't know if Nooney's what exactly his level of involvement is supposed to be in this play, but I know that the level of effort that he gives is is kind of laughable, and he gets yelled at by Francois. Like you said, it's a it's a rarity. Um, and I will say that if Nooney had fumbled the ball on kind of a very similar, if not the same play in the Virginia Tech game that he fumbled the ball, which he yet again was carrying like a loaf of bread I don't know any other uh, metaphor to use there but fortunately he tucked it uh, moments before impact I would have been fully behind the idea of not having that kid on the field again uh, for whatever extended period of time somebody wanted to uh, determine so Nooney you kind of you kind of know what you're getting uh, and I don't think anything's going to change there and if uh, this coaching staff can use him as efficiently or effectively as possible that'd be great but uh i certainly wouldn't take snaps away from from some of the younger guys to uh uh to at at, you know the benefit of eight i just don't know that there's uh any kind of track record there that is uh leads you to to have much confidence in in what you'll get from him on a play-to-play basis I, i i totally agree with you there man by the way also you know what is also ridiculous is this nfl uh, roughing the passer rule. Jason Pierre-Paul just got one for like slapping Ben Roethlisberger on the head inadvertently. This is uh, this is pretty wild. So, oh man, <laughs> it's uh, we are we 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 treat the quarterback position with a with a whole lot of care. Uh, and then at times you'll see uh, you'll see a play that doesn't get called that I I really fail to understand at all. Was it the uh, and I don't. This is not good radio or podcasting or anything else. But there was a play in the Florida Tennessee game, which was uh, quite the thing to watch in general. But where uh, Florida's defensive end comes, it makes like three snap, three steps, and then ends up coming below the knee, and the official just looks at it. The kid ended up actually getting injured on the play. The Tennessee quarterback the official looked at it and just deemed it to be uh, no no harm, no foul. So uh, I'm uh, obviously we're we're making two different uh you know we're judging two different 
levels of official and levels of the game in college and NFL, but in general, the level of protection that is given to the quarterbacks and then at times uh, some of those calls that aren't made are just, just baffling in general. So that was a uh, that was a long-winded way of saying that uh, officials, sometimes they confuse me. Nolcast also brought to you by Resolution Home Loans. Resolution Home Loans is a great no-loan business. They want to get you the best home loan possible. We've already had nine Nolcast listeners use them in just nine short months. Extremely excited about that. Awesome partner for us so far. When you call 844-FSU-LOAN, you're going to talk to Chad or Shannon directly. You're not going to deal with a bunch of different loan officers. They got their best guys on, on this. This is this is their A-team. This is their starters. They don't leave the field. They don't, they don't leave your side in the mortgage process. They want to get you the best rate possible. They also want to close you fast with their almost home program guarantee. Look, when you, when you call them or when you go to FSUHomeLoan.com, that's FSUHomeLoan.com, man, they're going to hook you up. They're, they're going to make, and they're also going to make sure that you're informed throughout the mortgage process. Okay, defensively, I, I was pretty pleased with the effort. I went back and watched it. We, we had a lot of like people emailing us uh, complaints about the defense, man. And I, I don't, I don't know. They, they seem to look real, real good. They made a very bad uh, NIU offense look very bad, and I think part of it is the point total, right? We see that that NIU scored 19 points, and you think, man. It's supposed to be a bad offense. Well, if you look at the starting field position they had, I think Florida State allowed one drive over 40 yards on the night. That's really good. Almost all of NIU's points were off of FSU turnovers. You know, basically when they were giving the ball to NIU deep in Florida State territory, um, you know, they, they had what? Okay, so they held NIU to a 28% success rate. Before that, NIU had a 34 against Utah and a 33 against Iowa. So 28 is by far the lowest they've had this year. It's the first time NIU has been under 30. That's not a good offense, and Florida State did make it look bad. Um, you know, certainly 19 points is not what you want, but you got to understand how the points come. And look, you prevented them from driving the ball and scoring it for the most part. They're, they just got the ball in some positions where, where they are going to score. They had the one real explosive play on you, which was a mistake, I think, by a safety. But other than that, I, I was I was pretty pleased with the defensive effort. Um, you know what would they have like three point two yards a play or something? That's that's really uh, that's pretty suffocating. There's a there's a lot of things to be critical of uh, on this team. The defense, I think, is is not one of them. I, I realize that sometimes people want larger plays and people get frustrated when uh you know levante taylor bites on a on a shorter route and ends up getting giving up a touchdown and things like that but you know this, this certainly isn't a video game and guys uh do make mistakes and you know guys are vulnerable to uh maybe not having quite the level of play that you expect from them but like I said, there's uh, there's things to be frustrated with, and, and I'm not sure was the defense 10th or 11th in the country as far as yards per play allowed. It's it's a it's a very good unit, and when you consider the circumstances and the the number of plays that they've had to play in various games, uh, it's I don't I don't know that you could ask for a whole lot more out of the defense through the first four games. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, just so, some more stats on the defense. Uh, Eighth in in rushing marginal efficiency defense, which is basically like, you know, how often do you prevent opposing rushing plays from being successful? That that's really good, obviously, uh, to be eighth. And then uh, against the pass, they're 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 not doing quite as well. Uh, they are pretty good on passing downs, pretty good at getting to the quarterback, um, but yet they could be a little bit better there, I think. But in this game, judging from what they were doing, I I do believe they were trying to keep that kid in the pocket. We discussed in the preview, and, and this is kind of where some of the criticism of Brian Burns comes, I think, uh, from some folks. You know, A, he was doubled a lot in this game. And B, I, I think that he was really trying to pinch the pocket and and keep that kid in the pocket. Because like we said, the kid's a good runner. And he's pretty good when he's on the move. In fact, he made a couple nice throws when he did break the pocket. Um, you know, they had four sacks on the night, a bunch of, of throws that, that were hurried. I, I just... I don't know. I liked what I saw from the defense. Um, you know, I thought some interior guys looked really good too. You know, Marvin Wilson got in there and I think showed some great effort at times. 
he's uh he's uh, he's really emerging he, he's becoming uh the player that people wanted to the I would have I would have loved for a situation in this game if we didn't have to play him in some of the final series of the games, but that's uh, that's just the way the way the events of of Saturday played out. But uh, Marvin's playing well, and man, I really tell you, uh, Corey Durden looks to really be emerging as a player. I, I love what you're seeing out of him, and I think 16 is uh, well on his way to being a, a pretty in fact impactful interior defense alignment for Florida State. He really is. And you, you got him sh- showing some nice quickness off the ball. We know he has good length. Uh, and then Fred Jones, steady as ever, really nice player in there. I, I think that the unit looked very good for not having DeMarcus Christmas, you know, who's a good player. Um, and then, hey, Robert Cooper, another couple snaps for him, right? Another, hey, man. Big Coop. Hey, you know. You can tell when he's in there, can't you? Y- yeah. yeah. That is it, a big, hard to miss. large individual. Damn. You know, and what you can tell him is, hey, man, here's a taste. Here, here's a taste of what playing time's like, right? Man, we like when you get in here. We, we like when you make an impact. Can you get in better shape to where you can make an impact more often, right? Because we, we don't we don't want you to play 10 plays a game. We want you to play, you know, 15, 20 plays a game. We want you to play 25 plays a game. Heck, you know, a year from now, two years from now, we may need you to play 35, 40 plays a game. Uh, and, and so one of the best ways to, to motivate a guy to, to really – you know, go hard every day in the weight room and, and in the conditioning process is that it's it, it, it's to show them what kind of shape you got to be in if you want to play multiple plays because you know the guy's saying i got to come off you know i'm i'm dead leg now i'm 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 gassed that that that's that's how he learns himself so i, I was really encouraged about that i also saw some people in our in our inbox telling us that the defense needs to be more aggressive and i got to tell you man oh boy <laughs> that is some. Uh, you're gonna be playing some PlayStation defense if you get a whole lot more aggressive with with what we've done as as a whole. Did you ever play NFL Blitz? Uh, maybe like five games. It, was that the game where you could like uh, like hit people after the play yes, and yeah, stuff it was, like it was that? Yeah, it's like an yeah. arcade game. I don't know if it was ever actually on like like a console. Um, you know that that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. And uh, man, they they blitz all the time. Here's the thing, though. They're not actually that good at it yet. Part of that, I think, is that their linebackers aren't that great, but they're not doing a great job yet of really blitzing as a unit, blitzing as a team. We, we've talked about this before, by the way. This is not something they were good at in the last couple of years either. So they're learning on the fly with this. But when I say blitzing as a team, I mean, okay, as the defense, you understand what the concept of this blitz is, right? And on a blitz, not everybody is trying to get to the quarterback. Some people's jobs are to distract or to hold up offensive opposing offensive linemen so that the blitzer can come free and, and get through and get to the QB. You want to create a free runner at the quarterback. If the blitz takes too long to get there, it's not effective. I also feel like on the back end, you know, they, they are learning how to play. Uh, you can call it blitz coverage or some people might call it hot route coverage, you know, um, basically understanding how to how to quickly match routes on the back end when you do zone blitz. But they are blitzing a lot. You can tell that Harlan Barnett wants this defense to be extremely aggressive. They want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. They want to force the, the opposition to operate under pressure. And I really like that because the vision for this program is one with uh, w- w- with a lot of tempo eventually. You know, So that, that to me is extremely encouraging. They're just not that good at blitzing yet. Eventually they will be. I don't know if that happens this year, but you, you see what I'm getting at there? The blitzing is a team thing. Sometimes you got guys that are running into each other on blitz. Sometimes you got guys that kind of run into the same gap. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's not how they drew that up. You know, so we'll- yeah, yeah. I I have noticed that. I, I, the only the only criticism I would have of our blitzing is there's there's times where I think. Uh, like we will drag Burns in from outside and have him try to blitz an A gap or something like that. Uh, that takes a long time to develop, and uh, a lot of times is, hasn't been successful from what I've seen. So um, I think there's there's some things that we can get better and be on the same page. But you're absolutely right. There's you know there's whether it be a blitz or a punt block situation or anything like that. A lot of times you're you're asking two guys to more or less kind of sacrifice themselves to create an opportunity for somebody else to have a hole to run through. And uh, that's that's not something that you necessarily learn on day one. And I think that's something that this fan base as a whole can expect uh, 
expect a general level of improvement as uh, as these players get more comfortable with each other and as these players get more comfortable with uh, specific schemes and, and what they're asked to do uh, situationally. So uh, that that's something that I I think you can have an expectation for improvement and not necessarily be kind of grasping at straws for, for where this team can get better. On the DBs, we already talked about blitz coverage. And, and you know, man, I, I got to tell you, in the preseason, we were all talking about how it was going to be fun to to talk, you know, to, to see this team grow and see, you know, like you can see the flashes and the glimpses in their play and see what this staff wants this team and this program to become. And, and I wonder if people haven't lost sight of that a little bit as the losses mounted up, especially some of the unexpected losses, you know, losing to Syracuse, for instance. Um, but that blitz thing is something like that we were talking about. That's something I I really am interested in seeing it evolve. On the DBs, obviously Levante Taylor got beat. Uh, pretty badly on that one, and uh, um, sorry, I'm just watching as the uh, the glass slipper for Ryan Fitzpatrick gets uh, gets smashed under the Steelers here. That's a uh, it's a pick six out of his own end zone. Yeah, that's that's probably probably over there in Tampa. Um, so you know Taylor got beat once. I, I that that clearly wasn't a good job. He bit on the double move. He's not been as good this year, I don't think, as he was last year. Um, you know, probably cost him, himself some money in the draft, but I don't think he's quite as bad as some people think, right? He's not a terrible player. He's still covering his man fairly well, I think, on most of the plays. He's just had some notable plays where he got beat and the guy made a good throw on those plays too. So just something to watch there, see how, how he improves throughout the season if he does. Obviously, he's a guy, he, he can come back, too, as a senior. You know, if he doesn't like what, what his draft projection says, I, obviously, I know he posts, you know, I'm sure he's a guy who wants to go pro, but uh, but you got to see what your projection says. We'll see how he plays throughout the rest of the year. But I don't know that it's a lock that he's going pro. You know, it, it depends on where he'll be drafted, I guess. Hamza Nazaldeen, a guy that uh, may be playing a little bit better than, than some think, but at the same time was uh, – was involved in in one of their bigger plays of the day. Uh, just a kid making a mistake on a on a uh, play that led to you know that's it, when you play in the back end of the field and you make a mistake more times than not, it ends up being a massive play. And this was uh, one that went for what sixty sixty seven yards or somewhere in that area. Yeah, that that was. The, I mean, obviously that was the God. How, what percentage of yardage was that for NIU? Looking at that, they were. They only had 221 yards, and they had a they had a 66 yarder. So you're talking almost 30 percent of their yards came on one play, uh, and, and that was you know, a guy who's still learning. But I like Hompson's aggressiveness in, in in this defense. I'm okay with giving up some big plays. That's certainly what this defense will do uh, at times. But they, but they are going to be really good on stopping teams on a down and down basis. And and we knew that that the weakness of this defense would probably be the big play especially because of how much they're leaving people on islands in order to support the linebacking core, which is just not very talented. So, um, you know, overall, pretty pleased with the defensive effort. And, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of expecting to maybe not be, but in watching it, pretty decent, and they made a bad offense look bad. All right, guys, just want to take this chance to uh, remind you of our partnership with Tarpon Sellers, and I don't want to uh... – besmirch anybody else's business but i've had a couple reach out to us and want to uh let it be known that tarpon cellars is is a very different operation than tarpon springs winery which uh some people have asked about so a much different idea and approach and end product uh i will say that if you haven't taken the time to follow these guys on instagram uh please do uh guys who exceptionally care about the what they're doing the process how they go about it and uh, we would love for you to ultimately uh, give them your business but honestly if if you just want a better understanding as to the winemaking process from a to z and to get you know maybe a little bit of a um, exposure to to a, the end product that you're very familiar with and how it ultimately becomes uh, give them a, a follow on on uh, instagram that's tarpon sellers t-a-r-p-o-n-c-e-l-l-a-r-s uh, thank you to all our listeners who have reached out to them on instagram already and let them know how you came about us or how you came about finding them via us and uh, as the season kind of moves on we'll have uh 
some promos and some different ideas as to how to uh, be more involved with what they're making. But uh, these two guys are uh, are just uh, big Noel fans and, and love the podcast. We're fortunate to be able to work with them and uh, fortunate to be able to give you guys uh, a little bit of a behind-the-look scenes or a behind-the-look uh, behind the scenes look rather as to the winemaking process and kind of how that goes from uh, alpha to uh, alpha to omega. So thank you very much for the support you've given them and we look forward to working with them moving forward. All right, bud, we'll move on to the uh, special teams here. And I got to say that uh, I think our concerns were legitimate, but uh, fortunately there was no real, uh, there was no real uh, moment of concern as far as uh, getting a pump blocked, which at this point, hey, we'll take uh, baby steps. And uh, that is a team that, as we said, is, is decent at uh, getting after the punter. And uh, uh, nice to see that uh, Florida State made its way through a game without either getting one blocked or nearly getting one blocked. So uh, nice, nice, uh, nice Saturday when it comes to the punt team. Baby steps, baby steps. Man, you know they had to ref that a lot in practice this week, right? I mean, they almost had several blocked against Syracuse. And, uh, well, man, that was terrible. You you can't play like like that on special teams. It's just – that should be fairly automatic. You know, if you get one punt blocked every couple of years or something like that, okay, I understand once in a while. But you can't have that many punt breakdowns. And luckily they didn't. They they played a lot better – in the punt game, and uh, so that was that was very impressive. Um, now, granted, Logan Tyler did not actually punt the ball that well in this game, but uh, he also got it off quicker. So I wonder if maybe he was trying to, to get rid of, of the punt a little bit faster because Willie Taggart had said, you know, hey, uh, um, you know, we need to work on our get-off times as well this week. I was impressed with that. I also, hey, welcome back, Ricky Aguayo. Right? Okay, uh, gonna make gonna make big time kicks and. You know, that may have been a mental thing, but it also might have been a mechanical thing. We, we had people emailing us, you know, hey, I think it's this. Hey, l- look at this screenshot against this screenshot. And, man, I just don't know enough about kickers to actually know. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know that there's one consistent thing that he was doing that he is now not doing or uh, that, that, you know, that, that he, wa- that he wa- wasn't doing and now he is doing. But, uh, but I, I like it. Whatever kind of zone he's in, stay in it for sure. Um, and then – Kickers are uh, they're they're temperamental beings certainly, and uh, I think he himself said that that once he saw the first one go through, uh, he needed it and uh, just gave him a, a better overall sense of confidence as to what he was doing on the day. And then we have one more thing here: uh, the punt return game. I, I'm very excited about the punt returning of DJ Matthews. I think in the open field he looks exactly like I thought he would look like if he ever got a shot. And uh, I'm also Equally annoyed that they cannot seem to return a punt without a penalty. That is a lot of laundry on the field when we're returning punts. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of their penalties this year are on special teams? It's got to be. Or what percentage of plays on special teams have we had where we haven't had a flag oh, for a lot? Us? I mean, yeah. that, uh, uh, our punt return, it seems like we're, I don't know, this is. It seems like the balls of which we do not fair catch, we get flagged about 60 to 65% of the time. I think you're right, man. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to find. All right, so Florida State had nine penalties for 60 yards. That's a lot of penalties, but not a lot of penalty yards. So most of them were, were rather small. You know, they didn't have a lot of like pass interference type stuff. Um, I'm looking for special teams, you know, special teams punt returns, uh, three returns for 26 yards, long of 15. A lot of those called back. Just just not a great day in the punt return department because of the penalty. And, and it, it look, you're always going to have a disproportionate amount of penalties on special teams just because we see it all over the place on returns. But this does seem high. And I don't have a way to actually measure this and say, okay, Florida State penalties in terms of a percentage of returns with a penalty. Uh, but I, I just anecdotally, I watch a lot of football, man, I mean, for my job. And it does seem like most teams do not have you know a penalty on half of their returns. Let's see if FSU can get that down – Last week, we set the patty cake goal, right, where we had fewer guys running through free. And I think I think they met that goal. We had we saw fewer guys run through this offensive line being untouched. This week, let's set the quarter punt return goal where we have a flag on special team or on, on special teams on a fewer on fewer than 25% of the punt returns. Can we, you think we can do that? 
I think that's a attainable goal. Absolutely. Uh, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just waxing, uh, you know, a real uh, real optimistic Wayne there, but uh, I hope so. Uh, DJ Williams, or excuse me, DJ Matthews, DJ Williams, yeah. Linebacker for the Canes uh, around the turn of the century. DJ Matthews is a really exciting player, and and uh, you're absolutely right. The idea with that kid uh, in space and the ability to run—that's something that we would uh, we would be wise to try to take advantage of. And one of these days, he's going to hit one, and it would be real great when he does. That there's not a yellow piece of laundry on the field sixty yards behind him. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what we can do as far as shrinking that number down a little bit. Also, uh, does it feel like Florida State is always like in the shadow of their own goal line w- w- when they start drives? Because if it feels like that, you're not wrong. Florida State is 121st, right, in offensive starting field position and 128 in defensive starting field position. And those are always very related because if you're on the one side of the field, you know the, the other the opponent's going to be starting pretty deep in your own territory as well. A lot of that I do think is the, is these penalties on special teams. That are causing them to have such starting, you know, poor starting field position. They also might want to consider fair catching some of these balls now because, you know, as you know, on these kickoffs, if you fair catch them, you get the ball at the twenty-five. And I know Florida State has special athletes who, you know, may have the ability to to get a great return, but they might want to be situational with that. Um, you know, you, you may you may want to have your returners think, okay, in my head, if this is taking more than X number of time, you know, X number of seconds. Wave the hand for the fair catch and just take the twenty-five yards. And that's something you may just need to to take a look at and uh, and and see if you can do because they're not doing a great job on where they start with kickoffs. If you look at it in this game, um, just pulling up their drive chart here, Florida State's drive chart, FSU drives. So they got first one with the kickoff. They started at the uh, uh, twenty-five, which is fine. Next one they started their own thirty-five, which is fine. Next one, they started their own 32, which is great. Next one, they started their own 20. They actually did a great job in this game with us. In previous games, though, they've been kind of bad. Um, so I, I do think you should look at that a little bit. Obviously, Northern Illinois had some kickoff issues uh, as well. Um, some kickoff issues, and uh, you're right when you – and I don't mean to re- regress the conversation, but you're absolutely right about Logan Tyler – uh, and his punts, and it did look like he got him off in a, a little bit of a quicker manner. And, and the the best statistical punt that he had on the day, I really think, was more either a byproduct of him just somewhat kicking it into kind of a kind of the dead zone between their two punters, or maybe their punter didn't see it in the sun. But he ends up getting about a twenty three yard positive bounce on it, so uh, makes makes the kick look a lot better than it. Uh, actually is and uh, speaking of balls rolling around on the ground um Florida State uh, in in northern Illinois put a put a couple more on the ball uh, a couple more balls on the ground that Florida State ultimately wasn't able to come up with but damn if it doesn't feel like Florida State has uh has just some hard to explain turnover luck this year they do and I'm, I'm glad you used that term turnover luck because we can actually look this up and according to Bill Connolly, Florida State is 125th out of 130 in turnover luck. Now, look, what does turnover luck measure? It basically measures, are you getting your fair share of fumble recoveries and deflections, passes defensed, turned interceptions? We know as a percentage what, you know, what percentage of passes defensed and deflections turn into picks on average. And we know, you know, fumble recoveries are usually 50-50. Now, fumbling and forcing fumbles, that's a skill to an extent. But actually recovering them is largely not. Again, in this game, Florida State was like minus two in fumble luck. And it's not to say that they were perfect. It's not to say that they, they didn't deserve to lose any. But, uh, but you know, w- with neutral bounce luck here, the Florida State probably wins this game by another another score, another field goal or so. So definitely something to uh, to keep in mind there. Uh, as you go forward, because that, that will probably regress to the mean a little bit. And if you get that fixed a little bit and you stop starting every single drive at your own 20, uh, which they seem to do a lot, then you could really have something going for you. I uh, certainly agree with you that there's just a ton of luck involved. Uh, if, I, if I'm if i a coach on uh, Sunday morning or 
uh, Monday morning when they're going over film. And, and I certainly understand where 29 wants to be like his dad and score a defensive touchdown. And uh, his father, for a period of time, was as prolific or, or more prolific than uh, than the offenses that Florida State faced for three or four games in a season. But in uh, that one fumble, I, I just need Brooks to fall on that ball. That's a that's a significant moment in the game. And if uh, if you're able to recover that, then um, who knows what the ultimate outcome or how it's changed. But uh, there's certainly a lot of luck involved. And every once in a while, you could look at a situation and just ask a, ask a player to be, you know, make a, a slightly more intelligent football play that – Gives you a better chance to create a turnover. I can totally see that. Yeah, situational ball there. Now, like, if he dives on it, there's really no guarantee he gets it either. You know what I mean? There's no guarantee. He's he's in a better place to get it. But yes, footballs are uh, footballs are a, a crazy shaped object, and anybody that's ever played this game and unexpectedly seen one floating around on the ground, it is not the easiest thing to pick up at all. And uh, you can dive on it, and it'll hit your chest and pop out six yards later on the other side or something like that. So not suggesting it's a guaranteed thing, but uh, would have been a better place to ultimately try to recover that. All right. So uh, I'll still the team. And I'm just going to derail us here. Yeah. Uh, fantastic to see 27 get on the field for even a couple plays there. So uh, good for that kid and glad to, glad to see him create a, a little bit of opportunity for himself. Yeah, man. No doubt. Uh, all right. I also thought the team did a good job of keeping their energy level up. I never really thought that they like got discouraged in the game. If you watch the sidelines, they were very much like animated and still very into it, even though it was super hot. They were, you know, slapping each other on the back and 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 really they were they were staying positive, which is good. And that may be a hard thing to do for a team that came into the game one and two, and uh, you know probably not going to go to a bowl. So um, you know, good that they're still still playing hard within the system. I, I think. You know, more guys are bought in uh, than not, for sure. I, I guess we'll see, you know, eventually how, how many are fully bought in. But uh, ultimately, pretty solid there. We probably need to, to do an updated record record prediction. A lot of people have asked for this. You, you got a uh, – has this win made you, like, significantly or materially change your, your expected record? Uh, I, w- I wish I could tell you that it did, but no, not really. Uh not really. Um, it like I am glad to see, and, and one of the reasons I just mentioned Zaquandre there is that you do have kids that are excited. You do have obviously have kids that haven't let the beginning of the season derail them. So if you're going to have, you know, some kind of unexpected run or the idea that you can beat some of these teams that maybe at this point in the season uh, we or other people don't expect them to. Uh, I think you need that. I think you need kids like James Blackman who are not getting to play, but obviously exceptionally bought into the idea as to what the team's doing. Um, You know, your overall win total, I'm not all that particularly concerned until we start to talk about uh, the possibility of maybe making a bowl. And uh, the idea that you beat Northern Illinois is not going to uh, necessarily move me from that position. Now, I will say that if you go up to Louisville this weekend and you get a win, then yeah, I'll feel like uh, by no means that a bowl uh, place is a guaranteed thing, but I will start to see uh, a path to it, and I'll start to see a roster that has shaken off uh, a real rough start and a roster that could have quit that didn't, and uh, and maybe we're in a place to really readjust how we could see parts of the season playing out. I'm I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm still at four and eight. Uh, there's no reason to change your prediction when something that you expected to happen happens. You change your prediction when, like, you win a coin flip game or when you win, you know, a, a when you upset somebody. I will say that if they can go beat Louisville, I will move my prediction to five and seven. Um, mm. I, it's just it's just hard to find six and six on this schedule, man. You know, like real hard. Very. Very hard. Like, you almost have to go beat NC State on the road, you know, in, in order to get this done. And, well, unless you can beat BC and Florida and Doak, which is possible. Um, you know, I, I just – I don't know if you can handle the physicality of Boston College uh, in, in, w- with this line that you have. Uh, but, yeah, if they can go beat Louisville, and we'll talk more about that in, in our upcoming preview show, you know, then, then maybe – Maybe they could get to it, but right now I'm, I'm sticking with four and eight. Uh, I, I think that you know there's, they can get two more wins, 
I think three will be tough and six would be extremely tough. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with four and eight. Guys, uh, if you want to give us five stars on iTunes, uh, please do. I know we recently passed 2,500 reviews. Uh, a lot of y'all uh, really, really saying nice things on there. So that's great. And that helps us in the iTunes rankings and all their formulas and all the algorithms that we don't fully understand. So, you know, very. Yeah, I was going to say a ton of stuff that I have no <laughs> grasp of or, or how exactly they do that. But I know it helps. And I know the level of support that we have is is uh, humbling and, and very much appreciated. All right. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week.